how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. Written and directed by newcomer Elijah Bynum, the film Hot Summer Nights stars Timothy Chalamet, Maquet Monroe, and Alex Rowe. The coming-of-age story takes place in Cape Cod. In this interview, actor Alex Rowe discusses his latest role as the weed-dealing local cool guy Hunter. Rowe also led the film Forever My Girl and has been in recent hits like The Fifth Wave, Rings, and Free Falls new television series Siren. Rowe also spoke about the importance of having thick skin as a young actor, the play and praise that made him take the work very seriously at a young age, and his preparation for various roles, which involves total immersion into character. My mum was a ballerina, uh, so I think probably as a kid she was kind of uh, yeah she was it was it was it was kind of she was a, she was involved in the arts in some way. So uh, so I think when I started to take a little shine in it, I think I had some support there for my mum for sure. Um, so yeah, I guess it was just doing plays at school. And probably liking the attention as a kid a little bit, and uh, and yeah, and kind of then starting to get a little bit obsessed with movies and stuff, and and then you're yeah, like I don't know, you kind of form friendship groups with people that like that have similar interests to you. So um, yeah, I think probably start probably started probably started with my with my mum. Were those early auditions and things, were those kind of playful or were they kind of stressful for you when you got going? Well, as a, as a kid, I was kind of, uh, it was, it was, it was, a the first thing that I did was a, uh, like a, an audition, like an audition that went, that came to various different schools. Um, and so it was just kind of like, it was quite a fun thing. It's like an audition at the school. This movie wanted to come and audition us at the school. So it was like, it was more of an exciting thing than like a, a nerve wracking thing. Um, and yeah, so then I, so I ended up getting that, ended up getting that job. And I remember I kind of, I, I went in and I was really, I was just quite cocky. I think I, I think I pretended that 
think I pretended that I played the lead role in Oliver or something like that at school. I was like, yeah, I've just played the lead role in Oliver. I was just completely fronting it. And I think they, I think they quite, I think they quite like that. I think I just had quite a lot of fun as a kid. But um, yeah, so it was more fun. Yeah, more fun than than hard. Then afterwards, that, that's when the hard hard parts start. When you kind of like really want stuff, and and it, and you have to take quite a few no's along the way to the first yes. How do you kind of deal with that? I mean, I've I've talked to other actors. I know it's kind of a numbers game. The more auditions you can go on, the more your higher your chances are. How do you deal with that rejection and kind of keep pushing forward? Uh, yeah, I think you have to have. A, I think you have to have a pretty thick skin, especially at the beginning, because you don't like. I think you don't. You you think you feel as though every single time that you don't get a job, it's because you suck. And there's so many other things. There's so many other things at play, you know. There's so many other reasons why you might not get a job. Like when you're starting out, especially, there's a list of like ten other people that the job's gonna go. The job's gonna go to anyway, and they're kind of just they're they're kind of auditioning just for sometimes anyway. They're auditioning just like a just as a just in case. And like you all want to, we all want to be that just in case, but the odds are like stacked up against you. So I think just, yeah, I think just one, just trying to just do the best work each time, uh, not get too, too attached to stuff, move straight onto the next one. Uh, for me was the way that I kind of, I kind of got through some of that stuff, but then still now, yeah, you get, you, you get really attached to you get really attached to uh, projects that you fall in love with, and there's various reasons why you can't do them. Either it's a timing thing, or like the directors into you, the directors into you, but the producers aren't feeling it as much, or whatever. Or yeah, so I don't know. I think yeah, I think it's just I think maybe all actors are just really masochistic. I don't know. Was there a certain role or opportunity that made you want to, you know, pursue it more professionally or or you knew you were going to follow this career as you got older? Well, I, yeah, I definitely did. I I, I think it was in the back of my mind that, um, that this is, that I I was going to go try and, uh, that I was going to put kind of all my eggs in one basket at some point, but I was doing a play at, uh, I was doing a play at school and uh, there's an, an actress called Jennifer Saunders. Uh, she's kind of like an English legend. And her daughter uh, went to the same school that I went to. And I, yeah, I pl- it was a, a play called Our Country's Good. I played like a, an Irish hangman called, uh, called Ketch. And I played like a, a Scottish major called Robbie Ross. So I was kind of like doing it. Like one of them's a really real like mean guy. And the other one is kind of a little more timid, but like does some bad things and stuff. But yeah, I think I got to play those two characters and I was, I was kind of enjoying the, the, that play and those characters. And so um, Jennifer Saunders saw me in that play and she came up to me afterwards and she asked me if I wanted to audition for her TV show that she was shooting. So I think that was the first time where someone of like real high acclaim actually 
told me that they thought that I was good. And I think that you kind of, that gives you a little bit of a boost. I ended up making her, making her and the casting director for that TV show cry in the audition room and stuff and ended up getting that part. But I think that that, I think I was about 16, 17 at that time. And I think that was, uh, that was probably a bit of a turning point for me, for sure. So you've got a couple of projects that have come out in the last year or so. Um, you you kind of led the film for Forever My Girl. When did you start, uh, you know, as an English actor, kind of uh, preparing for these uh, roles where you'd have to possibly sing or learn a Southern accent? What was that like for you to kind of take on this major role like that? Uh, I, I'd love to have uh, have some time for preparation. and. Like as actors, we don't really get paid for that preparation time, but for me, it's really, really important. Like I obviously wanted to learn to play the guitar. I wanted to get an idea of uh, what it is to uh, to perform in front of people and how that feels. So I was lucky enough to semi-interview uh, some country artists and talk to them. I th- it's kind of similar to what, it's like for a little bit similar to what you do as far as trying to get people to like open up and talk to you about like uh, about what they do so that you can get a greater understanding of it um so yeah so i guess i was a bit of a i'm a bit of a journalist kind of thing for a little second maybe but um uh yeah so but yeah it's important to me to yeah to try and understand those things because with my character Liam in Forever My Girl like his entire reason for leaving his hometown and stuff uh was that he was kind of running into fame and running away from all of his problems back home so I kind of wanted to get a rough idea of what it's like to perform in front of 50,000 people you know and and feel all of that, like feel the energy of that and how that could be addictive in some way, how that could make you kind of forget about all of your problems. Um, but yeah, so, so, so it was, I spent about five, four or five months just listening to country music every day and yeah, just playing the guitar every day and, uh, working on, on the songs for that for the for hot summer nights uh i went to cape cod for a couple of weeks um and managed to meet someone in cape cod a friend of a friend who um in the 90s which hot summer nights is set in he was a he was a weed dealer in the 90s and was kind of the like the the bad boy around town so he's he was basically the same character that I was playing. So um, I, w- I went there to pick up the accent and to uh, yeah to get some various different recordings of the accent so that I could try and uh, get it down. But then I also yeah managed to meet this guy. So uh, yeah, I was I was uh, able to talk to him and I don't know see that. He had this. He had his exterior life, and he also had this interior life. This uh, behind closed doors feeling of like a little bit of loneliness, even though on the outside that he was projecting that he was the toughest, coolest guy around. So that kind of influenced Hunter in some way. What initially attracted you to this character of Hunter? What was the, what kind of in the script kind of made you want to play this role? Uh, I think the I think the fact that it's like such a it, he's a slow burner of a character, and I think that 
as you as the movie progresses, you kind of like there's more layers that are peeled, um, and that's kind of fun to play with to give an audience an initial perception. But also, I just I feel like uh, to give the sorry to finish that off to give the audience like an initial perception and then uh, and then flip that on its head in some way. Um, but yeah, I feel like the the way the script was written anyway, just all of the characters and the depth of those characters uh, and the humor in it and the drama in it, I thought was uh, was amazing anyway. So just wanting to be a part of the movie as a whole, I think um, was important to me. But then also, yeah, the Hunter character is just, I don't know, right? He's he's got this kind of he's written having this kind of James Beanie Marlon Brando kind of way about him, and I feel like roles like that don't really come across come along very often, especially because it's written through the eyes of a teenager of like a thirteen year old boy. So you have a little bit of creative license to. I don't know, to really go for being the cool guy, you know, instead of it, like, just, you just have some creative license. So that's fun to play with too. Um, and yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess I could also relate to the, uh, the kind of protectiveness, although Hunter takes it to an extreme, like he seems to be quite driven by his protectiveness over his sister. And that's kind of a catalyst for the story. Um, but yeah, I've got twin sister and I could kind of relate to that too. So um, yeah, I, that was a bit long winded, but there's, that's, that's what it is. So you're, when you're in the preparation stage and you go to these areas and you listen to people talk and you happen to meet someone who's actually similar to your character, are you doing things like taking down notes? I think you might have said you were recording some audio or are you just kind of just engulfing yourself in it or, or like are you trying to reshape the character or just trying to get like washed, washed into the setting and that kind of thing? I think kind of, yeah, I think kind of washed, I think kind of washed into the setting. I, uh, the recording thing that sometimes that sometimes gets it like it can be a, a little it can be a little awkward for people though you know because I've I've got this uh, I've got this not a monologue but kind of like a paragraph that contains most of the sounds that like a a voice might have like that an accent might have so just get someone to read that out but. I don't know. You can't. People change their accents in some way when they're being recorded, or when they're reading. You know, so sometimes you don't get the real, real thing. So I think just taking it, taking it all in by osmosis in some way, um, was I think is more how is more how I roll when I'm when I'm talking when I'm talking to these people and immersing myself in in the vibe and the feeling of a, of a place. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm not taking notes down. My, my brain's just kind of digesting it as I go. Um, but for hot summer, for hot summer nights, there's such a, there's this, uh, summer birds who come in to, who come to the Cape to enjoy the, uh, to enjoy the summer month. And then there's the, the locals who are like the, the more the townies who, are there all year. They take all of the bad weather all like all year when there's like 
storms and when it's cold and yeah, just like horrible. And then when the and then the summer birds come in and so uh just kind of trying to understand that uh that relationship was important to me too. This feeling of like we're here to stay, you know, and you guys are here to just like reap benefits uh of what our land has to give for the summer month. So you got a couple projects coming out. You're in a new show called uh, Siren as well. Do you have any just last-minute advice for novice actors, actresses trying to break into the business? Uh, I think, yeah, keep keep a thick skin. It's going to take a lot, a lot of no's before you start hearing yeses. So if you believe in yourself and uh, and you believe that, yeah, and you believe that you have what it takes to like work as hard as you need to work, um, then yeah, just then just go for it. You know, we only live once, and if this is really, if this is really what you want to do, then just dream big and just work real, real hard and have belief in yourself. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter. We also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook, How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monaghan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.